I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. There's a growing trend of personality assessments going on that is fantastic for increasing your self-awareness. The tools are increasing for introspection, for understanding of communication, differing of strengths, all of these wonderful tools for self-assessment and for better understanding of the world and the people around you. But how do you know what to use, which is best for you, or what is more powerful than the other? Is that even a fair and valid question? Is there one that trumps the others? Is there one that's best for you? Keep in mind that perhaps the tools are less important than the journey that you embark upon. Tools are something that you gather and use along the way, but don't lose sight that the bigger picture is the journey of self-awareness and self-knowledge, of compassion for those around you and connection in your similarities and embracing of your differences. These are all tools in the toolbox, but the bigger picture, the bigger journey is that self-awareness, self-knowledge, and compassion for your fellow man. There's a quote by Don Richard Rizzo says, if we observe ourselves truthfully and non-judgmentally, seeing the mechanisms of our personality in action, we can wake up and our lives can be a miraculous unfolding of beauty and joy. Roger, you know that I'm a complete nerd when it comes to personality (laughs) types and assessments, and I love talking about this stuff. But I think it's important to start and take a moment to talk about all the different tools there are and the different assessments and just help people to identify what do you use? There's so many things out there. There's DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram. There's what? The archetypes. There's Colby. (laughs) There's all kinds of different things. You can do color, Mm -hmm. DISC. There's all kinds of things that are thrown out there. Which one do I believe in? Which one do I choose? Yeah, let's talk about them. Let's talk about the different ones. Well, I think it's important to, as you say that, talk about how personality is multifaceted. Correct. There isn't, we use personality as you have your personality, but there's so much to your personality, right? There's so many components that make up who you are. And that's a combination of some of how you're hardwired, as we talked about. Myers Briggs taps into how you're hardwired in the brain. There's the Enneagram, which is talks about how you adapted as a child, how you developed and responded to your environment. There's disc profile talking about your communication and, and different power hierarchy dynamics, how you respond, all these different assessments but they're all illuminating aspects of your multifaceted personality. And that can be overwhelming, but it's also pretty incredible when you think about it. It is. I totally agree with you about nerding out about this stuff and geeking out about it. I find this stuff extremely fascinating. You could not have said it better to start us off that personality is multifaceted. There are so many different components to us. I agree with you that there is not just one. I think the more open you are to learning about yourself, and how you are, how you became who you are, who you may be likely to become, all these different understandings. You really said it so well in the monologue, right? This idea about self-awareness, self-compassion, and understanding yourself, giving yourself the grace and space to learn about who you are so that not only do you know who you are in terms of that self-awareness, self-management piece that I love to talk about in terms of emotional intelligence, but also how you can work with others. Mm -hmm. So why are we even talking about these things? Why talk about 
all these different tools. Why are we talking about them in personality? Well, as you and I like to talk about our dynamic, Roger, we believe that there's a stronger foundation for a higher elevation, right? And I think all of these tools, all of these assessments can be ways of firming your foundation, clarifying where you came from, what makes you tick, what drives you. I met someone recently who talks about the driving forces, those motivations, what drives you. Another quote that we didn't utilize in this one, but it's from authors on a book about an agram, talk about how you see the world and how the world sees you. And awareness of both of those is really important. And when you understand how you see the world, you can also understand how others see the world differently from you, which allows for the opening of the conversation and the discussion on your differences versus assuming that everyone sees the world the way that we do. It's like, well, I see this. This must be the way you see it too, right? We're looking at the same thing. 100%. But when you take it, <laughs> yeah, when you take in it all into account. Yeah. yeah, we're in the same space. I remember the first couple of times I was exposed to Myers-Briggs, the personality assessment, right? Puts you into one of 16 quadrants, two different scales, four, four scales, right? You do the math, 16 different types. And it was really neat because it was one of the first times I remembered, ooh, it must be me, not them. <laughs> and then I had, as we've talked about before, I had this tendency to put others in a box and I realized that wasn't it. But I've taken it three, four times. And it wasn't until I think around the third time I took it, I suddenly realized there's context around it each time, right? We talked about that. And then I just became more and more open and I continue to, to be more open to learning about myself and how I interact with others. I love it. I also really valued understanding how I think differently from others, how I process, maybe how I perceive different information. And when I had a conversation with a friend who was very passionate about Enneagram, before I was familiar with Enneagram, before I was really exposed to it, I'd heard about it, but I hadn't studied it or gone through it myself. And I had a friend who was very passionate about it, loved it. And he shared that it helped him understand himself so much better and also have more compassion for those around him. So I thought, okay, well, that's what Myers-Briggs essentially did for me. And so we almost got into a little bit of this debate, <laughs> I want to say. And it was like this competition between Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. And at some point in the conversation, I realized, why are we even debating about this? If Enneagram brought that value to him and Myers-Briggs brought that value to me, that's fantastic. Exactly. And when I embraced Enneagram, I did learn more about myself. It wasn't as impactful for me as Myers-Briggs was because that was the piece that brought a lot of exposure to some things I had been curious about, wondering, questioning. And so I think it's okay if there's a certain assessment that gives you the answers that you're looking for at the time, you're probably going to have a stronger pull to that assessment, that awareness. And that's of value. But they can all serve different purposes. And it's okay for people to have their preference on which one they use, which one they got the most value out of, and to recommend that to others because it was so impactful to them. But know that it's not the only one and it may not be the most impactful one for someone else. You're so right, 100%. Because as you were saying that, it reminded me of the great things that I learned when I took the Enneagram. And the Enneagram, right, you get put somewhere on this scale of nine different types and each of those types explains a little bit more about who you are or how you developed as a child, <laughs> which I learned about from you. I was like, really? I didn't, oh, okay, that, that makes more sense now, more context. <laughs> and what I'm getting at here is that when I think about the Enneagram, certain words pop out at me about how the Enneagram identifies based on how I took the assessment. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense too. 
So I take a couple of words and ideas from the Enneagram. I take a couple of the ideas from Myers-Briggs and one we haven't talked about that I enjoy too. Like I also enjoy the uh, Gallup strengths part, right? And a lot of people love to talk about their top five strengths. So it depends on who you're having a conversation with. But what I love is that they do exactly what you said. They enable a conversation to happen. And what I love about doing these, and this is why when we talk about how many should you take or what should you do, take what you want. I mean, take as many as you want. If you want to just have one, like say you took MBTI and somebody brings up the strengths, you can say, well, I'm more MBTI. Okay, that's fine. What I'm getting at is I love that the advantage to taking a bunch of these is that not only do you get the introspection and the self-awareness yourself, it enables you to have conversations with other people who've taken them as well. So the broader perhaps you are and more open you are to finding out about yourself, it does enable you to have more conversations with other people. Absolutely. The thing with the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs and all these different things that you're bringing up, immediately my mind goes to, oh, I remember the takeaway I had from that one and the learning I had from that one, right? I learned from the Enneagram that I'm achiever with a helper wing and kind of how that caused me to show up. And I mentioned that in a previous episode about my friend saying, do you have the helper in you? <laughs> so, yeah. And so she knew that she was able to see that from our conversation. She had that awareness about the Enneagram, which was really, really a neat moment of connection, feeling understood. So that was a gift that she gave to me from her knowing about the Enneagram and understanding that. And I think about Myers-Briggs and what that helped me to understand about myself and how I think and how I operate in the world, as well as some of the personalities that it's worthwhile for me to make sure I have around me or in my circle to counterbalance what my tendencies might be or make sure I have those opposite strengths around me. As a strengths fighter, if someone has a lot of strengths that are not in your top five and that are in their top five, that's a value in seeing how someone's differences are not a point of frustration or are an incredible value add to your life. And having that perspective of how you operate differently and valuing them for that different perspective. Completely. And it opened my eyes, like in my business, when I realized, for example, where I needed help executing on things. And then I looked at the four quadrants of strengths and I realized, well, I'm pretty high in a couple of areas, like an influence and things like that. And I wasn't so much in the executing side, right? They showed down in the bottom 25 to 30. I do have some, I think a ranger is one of the first ones that I have. However, I don't have a whole lot of them together. Doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means it's not going to come as naturally to me. So I totally identify with you when, when you're saying we want to surround ourselves or hone up on those skills, be aware of those weaknesses, necessarily weaknesses, but where we're less strong so that we can balance out what we need when we need it. Absolutely. I actually remember a leadership team that I used to work with and for, they discovered that they had no one on their leadership team, no one, maybe one, but otherwise no one in their leadership team in the executing quadrant. They're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. We're going to strategize the daylights out of this and yes. plan it like crazy. Anybody want to put this into practice? <laughs> <laughs> so having that awareness of imbalance is certainly a value as well. And that goes for teams as well as for individuals, for your personality. Again, it being multifaceted. All of these assessments are incredible tools for understanding different aspects of your personality, for different aspects of your communication and what you might be needing more of in your life to further your growth. I believe it's Carl Jung, psychologist of Myers-Briggs, 
who said that one of the goals or aspects of life is to become that well-rounded person to develop in your lesser developed areas and be able to kind of go back and forth and have that full development. And some of these tools help us to progress in that faster, build ourselves up, be aware of what we might be struggling with or might have some development to do. And again, this is not about focusing on your weaknesses instead of your strengths. We absolutely believe in focusing on your strengths, but mitigating your weaknesses or being aware of them and letting them develop, not with a short timeline, but letting those things develop over time to become a well-balanced and really adaptable individual, I think. Agreed. And that's what these are. They are tools that we want to have in our toolbox. Nothing wrong with just going after one. Just understand that you're going to have an experience with just one. And if you want to have a broader experience, be open to using these other tools, right? To carry the tool analogy, right? When you carry around your toolbox, you want to have a hammer, might want to have a saw, you might want to have a wrench, you might want to have different tools to use at different times. And again, depending on what you need the tool for. DISC is good for some things. Strength Finder is good for another. MBTI is great for others. And as we said, Enneagram too. So yeah, it really does tie to what we talk about with having that, you need a strong foundation first. Yes. We're doing a broad brushstroke really over all of these right now. We're not going in depth by any means. So when you talk about the different values of each, that's something we will explore later on in the podcast as in the future, where we dedicate some focus on each one. But I think it's important to kind of establish that it's all are valuable, all have value in their own right for the ones that have done the research and have the validation and all of that. But they all have different value adds and that's fantastic. And it's important, I think, to understand the context of those. For example, there's a difference between type assessments and trait assessments. So type assessments are ones where when they say there's a misconception oftentimes where I actually had this person come up to me at a bonfire recently and she said, so based on what you do, (laughs) what do you think about the statement that people can't change? And my response was, I think people's past doesn't change where people came from or how they're naturally wired doesn't change. But people choose what they become. People can absolutely change. It's just a matter of will and choice. Mm, Love that answer. But I think change takes acknowledgement of where you're coming from, where you came from. And some of these assessments, type in particular, are generally about where you came from or how you're wired and what your natural tendencies are. And acknowledgement of that is not saying I'm stuck here or that I can't change or that that's just I am who I am and that's not going to adjust. It's acknowledgement of where you're coming from, where you've came from, how you're naturally inclined to then allow you to more informatively decide what you want to do, who you want to become, how you want to show up. So you can't control how you were formed or what happened to you, but you can choose how you show up. Exactly. Can't change the past. I can do something with my experience to shape my future. I totally can. Yes. Myers-Briggs and Agar are both type theory, meaning you are the type, but that's based upon how you're hardwired in the brain or how you developed as a child because that's the past. Now, trait theory is about how you're showing up currently in a trait. And it's confusing because traits are manifested in type. So with type theory, you have a type and then there are many traits associated with that type. That doesn't mean though that you demonstrate every trait or that you have to show up with that trait all the time. But the traits are how we help to understand or extrapolate what type based on the traits manifested. Trait, there are assessments though that are truly trait theory, which is just showing how you demonstrate a trait and how you're showing that trait currently. And that's something that you can change, you know, how you show that trait can change. So won't go too much into more depth on that, but I think it's important to 
have a little bit of a context lens when you're taking assessment and identify, is this a trait theory or a type theory? Is this saying this is where I've come from and now I can have this awareness and decide how I show up? Or is this trait theory saying this is how you're showing up right now? And do you want to change that or not? How do you feel about that? I love that explanation. And I know that's going to add a ton of value for people who are listening right now. And it makes me just think of an example or a story of how that's worked in the way that you and I work together. And it's really productive and it's helpful in how we've developed how we work, which and the example of that, which is really funny, is because you will call me out on certain things. You'll tell me that's a certain aspect of my Myers-Briggs type showing up. Right. Yeah. You're laughing right now, but you know, when, you know, when you do it. <laughs> just drawing awareness. <laughs> I know it's all in the name of awareness. And I have the trust and the openness to accept it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that is showing up. So, yes, we're being funny with it. And we're also being introspective with it because mm-hmm. I take that and I use that in my toolbox and say, oh, yeah, I guess that is a way I'm showing up. And I mm-hmm. didn't even know it. And we talk about it in terms of ways that we prefer to work and develop stories or whatever it is we're talking about. An example of that is off the cuff versus structure. And what is really neat is that neither of us, I believe, has stuck to our guns in terms of we're only going to do it this way. What we've done is a really healthy mix of both where we can do a little off the cuff. And I know that I need to add more structure in places. And it's not only benefiting you, it benefits me too. I'm not doing it just because there's benefit to you. So what I'm getting at is the way that I came to that awareness was through the different types of tools. And that's the kind of closing the loop on why we're talking about all these different tools, because they can help you in a personality and productivity pace too. And they can help you meet the other person where they are. Then you both have the chance to co-create and develop beautiful things. I love that. Absolutely. And when you said that, my mind went to I mean, how powerful is communication? And these tools provide language to expand your communication, which leads to what you said about co-creating, right? But if we're not having communication, we're not understanding, we're not being able to meet each other where we're at and see those differences and those similarities, these tools really provide awareness. They provide the language to communicate with one another. Completely. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah, and that is... I don't know. I'm going to put a percentage on it. I'm going to say it's, <laughs> it, that's 90% of the game right there is communicating. So many times we're misheard, misunderstood. And it's only through the, the ways that we communicate that we can better understand and connect. That's a lot of what I talk about and what I believe in. I know you do too mm-hmm. in many different ways. So that's why I love that we chose to do personality assessments and the value that they can bring to you and other people. Yes. I was in a conversation. The other day, and someone asked me, how does this apply or how do you help people with personality type understanding? Or they actually asked me for my advice when it comes to teams, just kind of a takeaway. And I shared my main takeaway, especially when it comes to personality types and everything, is don't assume that you are seeing the same thing just because you're looking at the same thing. What brought me to that was our conversation right now about language and communication speaking out, saying what you see, what you perceive, what you hear, what you feel, what your experience is in a situation, rather than assuming that just because you experienced the same thing or you looked at the same thing that you actually saw the same thing. We know this from many stories of witness accounts and all of that. We don't all see or perceive the same information just because we're looking at the same thing externally. And I think a lot of these tools 
can provide the language for expressing what and how you see or think or feel or perceive the world around you. Gives us the language to communicate that. I agree with you 100%. So go out, be curious, take the MBTI, take an Enneagram, be open, be curious perhaps to what you find out. You may not agree, you may agree, but if something comes up, you don't have to agree with it 100%. But if something keeps coming back at you, a theme keeps coming back at you, I know one thing I've opened myself up to is kind of leaning into that and examining why the heck I'm questioning it or (laughs) why I'm fighting it so much. Look at that introspection. (laughs) Yeah, it is that introspection. When I learned that, hey, you know what? Joy means a lot to you or you're a person who has joy. I might want to lean into that Mm -hmm. and examine that a little more. So great tools, great discussion about these tools. So good. There's so many out there too. There's Harrison, the Culture Index, the Strengths Finder, DISC. There's a ton out there. And the point of this conversation is not to overwhelm you or to say, go out and take all these right now. It's just maybe take one tool in the toolbox right now. And when you think about tools in the toolbox and what you use them for, it's to build something, right? And there might be a tool that you prefer, but each one has its value. And it takes a little bit of time to learn how to wield and know how to work each one. So maybe just try one that you haven't tried before. Test it out. Try it out. See what you might learn and embrace the journey, embrace the process, but learn how you might work and wield it and what it might contribute to your communication, to your language, and for understanding yourself and the people and the world around you on a grander scale in a different way. That is stellar advice. Would you close us out, Roger? Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com slash mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.